Welcome to Prison Focus. This is KPOOO of San Francisco. I'm sorry about that. This crazy little morning, but I am super excited. I'm here in the studio today. So happy to be back. I love to be here. And um, I'm just so excited about today's show. Today's just, this week has just been so good, folks. Like, I, you know, while I was down, I just, what helped me go just keep on going to keep motivated is to just, I dream, I'm a dreamer. And I just had all these plans and aspirations. And um, I started to make sure I uh, started creating good habits. And now that I'm on this side of the wall to actually be, had the opportunity to chase my dreams and starting them to, uh, starting to see them turn into you know, just coming to my reality has just been such a blessing for me. And so I know I played this song last week, but I have to play it again because this song really just motivated me when I was, you know, doing my time. And um, also, I'm so excited for you guys for this show today. Um, Today, we have a guest. I met him a few weeks after he came home. And he has just such an inspirational story, just the power of forgiveness, Um, just a really powerful story. So I encourage you to um, sit tight and just enjoy the show. Your life. 
is just my song. Am I wrong for chasing the things that I cannot see? Absolutely you're not. You have to be a dreamer. You got to keep pushing. We have we got this folks like this is our fight. This is our movement and we cannot let anything distract us. We just got to keep going. Nube, are you there? I am Sister Hi. London. It's so good to be back with you today. Good morning. Good morning. So good to be back yes. with you. Yeah, good morning, and good morning to the listeners, and yes, that's a great song. I totally agree with that. That's such a wonderful sentiment. You know, keep those dreams alive. (laughs) Keep those dreams alive, for sure. So we have a special guest that I'm super excited to be here today, um, with us today. His story is just so inspiring and when he shared just a bit of it with me I was just like I was I was in tears and it wasn't anything about sad but just how just how powerful his story is and just when he gave me that just that little excerpt of it how it just like truly touched my heart and inspired me to self-check some things that I need to take care of my life and just the power of forgiveness. Jason, are you there? Yes. Welcome. Thank you. Yes, welcome, Jason. Welcome. I'm so excited to hear this story as as well. And we should just let the listeners know um, there is going to be a little bit of background noise because... Um, yeah, because Jason is at work. So just bear with us and listen up. That just means you get to be a little bit more attentive um, to this amazing story that's going to be told to us, shared with us. Right on. Yes, because Jason, you've been home for how long? Uh, like a month and a half. A month and ah. a half. Welcome home, brother. Yes, welcome. Congratulations. Welcome home. So how about you formally introduce yourself to our listeners? Well, my name is Jason Samuel. And how long did you were you behind those walls, Jason? I was locked up for twenty two years. Ooh, welcome home, brother. Wow. Wow. Twenty two yes, years. And what does that feel like? What did that feel like, Jason, coming home after 22 years? It was an amazing experience, um, especially not knowing if I was ever going to get out of prison to actually getting out of prison. Mm. Very humbling. I was very excited, very happy, very blessed to, to, to be able to get out of prison. Absolutely. So, Jason, do you mind if we uh, take our listeners on the journey that you, uh, um, that you, some of the parts that you shared with me 
um, starting from the beginning when you, uh, how everything kind of started and, you know, your life kind of shifted? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm here for. Okay, thank you. So, mm-hmm. uh, let's just start from, I thought that was very powerful. I'll just let you go ahead and uh, take it away as far as the, um, how you got into your situation. Okay. Um, I'm from Bakersfield, California, born and raised, and um, at the age of 14, I felt neglected by my guy, the uh, my auntie, who was the one that was my, my uh, guardian at the time, because my mother was on drugs, so I was taken from my mother at the age of 10 years old. Felt abandoned, felt ashamed, felt in love. So once I get a text in the home that was a stable home, I was able to be with my brothers and sisters, which we had broken up before. But we all get to get, uh, live together with my auntie, which is my my mother's sister. Uh, I eventually started feeling neglected by her, wanted attention. But first, we got a close bond and I first moved in. Then she wanted to be with other, you know, she wanted to live her life. She was still young. So I started to feel like, you know, I wasn't getting attention and love that I wanted from her. So I started acting out at school um, at the age of 14. Ended up being involved in gangs. I became a crip. Became a country boy crip. so, doing being a crib, I was uh, selling drugs, fighting, getting uh, suspended from school, not taking the school serious. Eventually, at the age of 17, uh, April 13, 1997, I was sleeping in the car, uh, me and another gentleman, and uh, I was on the passenger side. The police officer knocked on the window, asked us how we were doing, and I said, fine. Um, I had a gun in my pocket at the time, and uh, my first instinct when you see the police is to run. So when he asked me to step out the car, I was going to run. But I didn't see the other officer behind me telling me to put my hands on the car. So that's what I did. He had the gun pointed at me. So he went in my pocket, he took the gun away, he, put in, he went in my pocket, pulled out an inhaler, put the inhaler back. Then my next pocket with the gun, with the gun was in it, he patted it down and he said, it's a gun over here. So when he said that, I ran, I jumped the fence, ran into the backyard. I was followed by one of the officers. And as I got in the back of the house, I was trying to get in the house, but the door was locked. So I was banging on the door, trying to break the door down to get inside so I could dump the gun and the legal stuff that I had on me so I could get a lesser time. So the officer caught up with me. He pepper sprayed me. We struggled. And I always told myself, if I ever get caught by the police, I would shoot the police. So this was my opportunity to shoot the police. I took the gun out of my pocket. There's a full 10 guarantee, shot one time, uh, took it to his neck, and I pulled the trigger. The officer fell forward. I thought he was dead. The gun was powerful enough to jump out my hand. 
and it was dark in the backyard, and I couldn't find a weapon. So I was looking for the weapon, and I realized this officer got the weapon. He's an officer, so I patted him down looking for his weapon. I couldn't find his weapon. So I'm like, man, they just gonna have to catch me on a later date. So I end up for the leaves, the backyard, the run to the front to get away. I turned around, I hear some noise while I'm leaving. The officer was still alive. He was sitting out, he was sitting up against the door with the gun pointed at me trying to shoot me. So I was came in rage, I came furious. I ran over to this officer, struggled with him with his gun. I hit him in the face a couple of times. I took his gun, I overpowered him, and I took his gun from him. Mm-hmm. At this time, when I took his gun from him, I took his, put his gun to his head and I pulled the trigger. The gun did not fire, so I ejected it around in it, but there was already a lot around in it, so a bullet came out. I put, put the gun to his head again, and again the gun went fire. I did this multiple times, trying to kill this officer, three times with his own weapon. I realized I couldn't get this weapon alert, but I still needed the gun. So I left with the gun, I ran to the front of the house, and I got to the gate to, to, to get either his yard because other officers telling me to put the gun down. So I refused to put the gun down, I was continuing to trying to get the gun to work. So I was still um, trying to get the gun to work. I kept pulling the trigger to mean why his gun would not work for me. So I ended up running in the front of the house, in the front porch, and I rammed the door down with my shoulder. It took me like two or three times to break the door down on my shoulder. I get into the house with the weapon, and they asked me to get out the house with that gun. I told him that I can't because police was trying to kill me. So I ended up struggling with the owners of the house. I let a gun go off in the house. I let the gun go, so they took the gun out, and they took me out, and I was arrested. I ended up getting a 19 life sentence, 19 years plus life for attempted murder on the current county sheriff. Wow, Jason, thank you for sharing that and so much you just, so can you tell us while you were inside uh, what that was like and uh, share to us when you started to like find yourself and change? Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me a long time to want to change because the prison, it was really rough. So you couldn't be soft in prison or you were going to be a victim. So I didn't want to be a victim, so I continued to be a tough guy. I continued to follow the rules of prison by whatever means necessary, by participating in whatever I need to participate in to earn my respect as a Vegas field trip. Um, at the age of 30, 31, I went to the hall for distribution, selling drugs in prison. And at that time, I had never did time in the hall before. So I thought about my life while I was sitting in that hall, like, do I want to continue being inside of a prison that's inside of a prison? 
that's when the light came on for me. I didn't want to die not knowing how to read and write. So I got out of the, I got out the hall two thousand twelve and got my GED and after that the same day I found out I got my GED I wrote in college. Wow. Wow. So after that I had um did some trades, got some trades in and in 2016 would be my first time going to the board because of the new laws that I passed for the youth offenders. Uh, so this would be my first time seeing this officer that I shot after almost 19 years. And so I really wanted to just tell him I was sorry for what I've done to him and that I wasn't a 17 year old kid that tried to take his life. Wasn't the same person. So I went to the board for the first time. He was there, he showed up, saying he wasn't going to show up eventually, but he did anyway because he didn't want me to go on back to the yard telling the guys that the officer didn't show up. So he said at this hearing that he, he forgives me, but he didn't want me out of prison. And so, for the first time going to the board, I ended up getting denied three-year denial. During this hearing, this officer got to hear how I grew up, the life that I led before I ended up shooting him. I ended up that three-year denial. They called me back earlier because that's the less you time you can get is a three-year denial. And if you get a three-year denial, you don't if you don't have no write-ups. Well, this this is the behavior. Uh, and they call you back within 18 months. So they call me back within 18 months, and I got to uh, go back to the board earlier. Now, this officer at the last hearing said he was going to be at all my hearings, basically making sure I don't get out of prison or trying to keep me in prison. So I was very confused that he didn't show up the second time. And so I was sitting in here, and he said his name, he was on the phone. So the hearing went on, and then he got the last, he was the last person to speak at this hearing. So he got to speak to me, that's when my heart, my heart started pounding. I was nervous, I know what to say. I feel like my life was in his hands right now. Whatever he said was gonna matter. So when he spoke, he started speaking highly of me, saying that the way he met was tragic, was bad the way it happened, but he wanted good things to happen uh, with this, uh, this bad thing that happened. And so he was saying that it was the, the way I grew up was like, it was going to happen regardless. I was going to shoot him or somebody else or I was down to kill somebody because of my lifestyle I was living which is true. Now, he knew from this hearing that was going on that I was going to get denied. So he was on the commissioner's ball with any insight that I needed to get out of prison. He was willing to come and help me get any insight that I needed. And so, and I was in shock at the same time. I wasn't just the only one in shock, but the commissioners was too. So, at this time, 
I was too surprised and confused to cry that I was in shock. And if I didn't really cry at that moment, I probably would have got found suitable that day. Um, so I was denied again for the second time. So this officer was the man to his word. And then I got a call, called in to the lieutenant's office asking uh, about uh, that I want to have a dialogue with, with the officer that I shot. So I agreed to it. So it was a process, maybe almost a year process, uh, doing a lot of writing, looking reports. Um, hey, how's it going, man? Doing a lot of things like that. So, in the meantime, I was going through this process preparing to meet this, this officer. Um, May 11th, 2019, I got to uh, meet this officer live, uh, Lance Jones, and CNN recorded it. Um, I was very emotional. I almost didn't do this uh, event because I was scared. Um, I was ashamed. I was afraid. Uh, but I had to realize it wasn't about me. And um, I built up the courage to sit down face-to-face -face with this officer while the film crew was filming this. And at this point, his, his wife, Fifty, uh, really didn't uh, want to be a part of this, uh, this filming. She didn't want to talk to me. She didn't want to meet me. So um, during this filming, me and Tom sit down and talk. We got a facilitator. He had a support person. He had a support person, which was his wife, which was in the background listening and looking at the whole thing. And um, we got a, a facilitator named Martina. So sit down. I cried. Talked to him. Um, apologized to him. And I just, I was being honest with the man. And, uh, and during that time, he took a break. During that break, they, they kept me away from his wife. They hid me from her so she didn't have to see me. Later on, after the break, we had a seat, um, continued the dialogue. And during that dialogue, they had, they told me that Christy wanted to say something to me. And I was surprised. And Christy is Tom's wife, so I didn't surprise because I was under the impression that she didn't want to see me face to face or speak to me. So during this, um, she came out. I stood up. I put my hands behind my back because I thought she wanted to hit me or slap me or punch me. And I was ready, I was ready to let her do that. Um, to my surprise, she came out, she gave me a hug, we cried together, and she told me she wanted nothing but good things to happen in my life. Oh my God. Um, wow. Yes. Uh, during that moment, she left. Um, uh, I was still in shock, surprised. I, I couldn't believe that this happened to me. Um, Next thing I know, um, the, the interview went well. Tom came back out and shook my hand. He was proud of me. He respected me. 
And uh, during this time, after that dialogue, me and Christy start corresponding. Um, about a month later, me and her had a dialogue uh, without the cameras, face-to-face dialogue with her and her husband. We also, um, she had wrote down an impact statement uh, from the night that happened, everything that happened to her that she could remember. And I still got that paper to this day. Um, we talked, we ate, we cried together, and we continued to have, uh, she wrote me the whole time until I got out of prison, and this, 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 and this, this Sunday, we was at Jack London Sears, Coleman, and we went to have ice cream together at Ben Jerry's. Took pictures. And had a good time with each other for the first time since I've been So that's my story. Wow. Uh, oh, that is so powerful. That is such a... Res- that's like restorative healing, transformative healing, like, for real. So, Jason, yeah, would you say, who would you say has been, like, your biggest supporters, like, coming, transitioning back into society? And my biggest supporter has been Jason Jones. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yes. Um, Martina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allison. Tom. Christy. Um... Uh, well, I know you, I you like have so many folks behind you, but I just thought that it was really, I remember uh, one of the last times uh, that I saw you, the last time I saw you, you were saying how his wife was just grabbing, you know, asking you about your, something about cookies or something. She was grocery shopping. I oh, yeah, I got the cookies. <laughs> I still got the cookies. I'm still eating the cookies that she bought me Sunday. <laughs> You know, she oh. bought me a lot of cookies. It was a lot. You know, stuff. And I've been sharing, you know. And the cookies are great. And she makes not just cookies. She bakes pies. She bakes cakes. Oh, they look so beautiful. I wish I could see it. It looks like it shouldn't be eaten. That's how good it looks. And uh, I call her the, the new Martha Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, we still, I talk to her every morning. I, mean, I text her, we text each other every morning. Uh, each every day, at least I try to keep reposting on what's going on with me. And, uh, can't talk to Tom right now because there's some things going on with his job. But, when it's time, we are, we want to be able uh, to share our story together. And all three of us, we know some to all be here. And then to the end, we can do it individually. Um, but as long as the story gets out there and gets told, because Christy, she bakes, like I said, she bakes pies, cakes, and she thinks about who she's going to cook for, and she cooks for that person. She calls them all over, tell them, I got this cake for you. When, she come, when they come to give for the cake, she has them sit down in her kitchen, she tell them our story. She said she got grown men in there crying. And she tells the story. And uh, sometimes I still cry, get emotional with myself. 
telling the story. Oh, it is a very impactful story. And it's still living it. Very powerful story, Jason. Yeah. You know, um, honestly, so when I, after you shared your story with me, when I was younger, um, an occurrence happened with one of, with my cousin. And, yeah. um, and yeah, so, yeah, something happened with my cousin and she's no longer here. And, um, the person who committed the crime is, is still behind the walls. And I remember, you know, I can't remember her name, but she was there. She was also there to support you when we were, um, when I first met you, when we were, we were celebrating. You had just got your license. Is that correct? Yes, Martina. Yes, yes. Beautiful, amazing woman. And how um, when I heard about your story, it made me want to self-check and make sure that I had forgiveness in my heart. And when, you know, it made me want to, um, so her and I basically started exchanging dialogue and basically asking, like, how do you get there? How do you get to that point where, you know, because I feel like society, I, I almost feel like I've been reacting to the situation and uh, personally, my opinion, my family as well, I feel like we've been personally reacting to the situation, how we feel like society wants us to react to it, you know? And instead of, like, uh, when the situation happened, there was no type of uh, guidance for us. There was no type of healing. There was no type of, you know, asking us what do we want done or, you know, check-ins or anything of that nature. And so... When I was speaking to, um, what did you say her name was, uh, Martina? Martina. Yes. Yeah. When I was speaking to Miss Martina, you know, one of the things she, I remember, it was crazy because when my uncle was going to the parole hearings, I remember him always saying that, um, you know, um, I don't think he even regrets what he's done because he he never even looked at me not once. And it took for her to explain to me that during these parole hearings, it's a rule that, um, that you're not supposed to look at the family or something of that nature. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And that's crazy because they don't even tell the family members, you know, that, uh, that this is a rule that's set in place. So, you know, if you don't know this, it kind of looks like, wow, this person doesn't even want to make eye contact, you know? And so, mm -hmm. I feel like that's all structured that way, of course. You know? Mm -hmm. um, like, that was strategically, like, set in place to, you know, to... Like, why wouldn't they tell the, the families of, you know, the victims of, you know, that this rule is set in place? And, yeah, so your story is just so inspiring. And I hope that the folks that are listening, you know, just to know, like, the power of forgiveness and... Like just where you guys are at right now, I mean, that was a really deep story. Like, that was very tough. Well, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you, Jason. This is this is Nube. Um, at the time when you were being able to, being able to, like, you, um, to be able to talk to the person that you harmed, in this case it was Tom, um, were you, did you feel, did you feel ready? Did you feel like, you said that you were scared, but did you feel like you were in a place to be forgiven? Did you, 
like how are you feeling in like to, to be forgiven or give forgiveness and yeah I'll, I'll start stop with that question well I felt that I was ready to tell him how sorry I was right but he had already forgave me before he even met so the mm. forgiveness on his part was there now the forgiveness on his wife part was not there Mm-hmm. And I had never asked her to forgive me because that's not something that you do, you know. Mm-hmm. But I can't apologize, and that's something that I did. So. And that's all I can give to, the, to my apology and showing them that I'm not that same person. Right, and do you feel like... Like, do you feel like that's, it feels like it's denied in prison, the real opportunity to to say you're sorry to the person that has been harmed, right? Like, do, do, you, do you feel, I mean, is, is that true? Do you feel like you had this, this kind of unique opportunity in this place to be able to actually go through this process with uh, Tom and Christy? To to go through this healing process? Yeah. Well, they prepared me for one, two, two, two had this healing process. So I was prepared to do it. But I just didn't know how well it was going to go because it's something I've never done before. Right. It was all new to me uh, going through this process. But I think um, I, I was lucky because. I think I just I wasn't seen as this, this guy that tried to take this person's life. I, I was seen as somebody that that took advantage of the good the situations that I had in my place in my face and, 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 and utilized by going to school and uh, educating myself, and getting trades, by helping other people get GED. You know all that stuff. That's what they see. Yeah. They just didn't, they didn't see the crime crime alone. And they also understood by me fighting here in my story that the struggles that I went through before I shot time. So they got to see everything. They didn't get to this you know, they got to they they got to know everything about me. Not just not just uh the hurtful things, but everything. You know. That's so beautiful. How do you feel? I feel blessed. I'm, I mean, I'm honored. You know, I'm still amazed that this happened for me, and I still get emotional. Uh, uh, all those things, you know, because I, I never wanted to change. You know, I really thought I would die on trip, and that's what I was cool with. That's what I wanted to do. That was my goal. You know what I mean? To die the most famous trip in history. Right? But it didn't, it didn't turn out that way. So where are you now at now with Jason? Where, so are you, glad. where are you at with things now? Like, <laughs> so glad. What's, what's your, where are you at with things now? Like, who is the Jason that speaks to us today? Like, if you could describe yourself. Yeah. I, I, the person I am today is I'm very humble. I'm very forgiving. So it's hard for me to get mad. I still get mad, but it's easier for me to forgive. <laughs> You know, and that's and that's another thing. 
I still, I still have all those same emotions and feelings. I just manage them better now because I had a lot of training too. You know, I've been sitting in a lot of self-help groups to understand that we are human. And it's the way you respond to your feelings. You got to react. You got to respond instead of react. You know, and I understand that now. And so that's how I live my life. You know, one day at a time. Tomorrow's not promised. Anything can happen. I could die right now talking on the phone with you. But I, I know now that I'm wherever I go, it's going to be a good place because I'm a good person. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. Fine with it. So I live, I live, I live every day, one day at a time. If anything can happen. That's beautiful. So, Jason, what's your dreams and aspirations now? Like, what do you want to do now? Uh, I want to, I want to continue to build a uh, relationship with Tom and Christy. Uh, want to be able to share my story together. I want to um, be my own boss one day and be able to hire people, get people jobs. Healthy youth. I mean, it's unlimited things I want to do. It's, it's not too much that I don't want to do. But with the help of the people that surround me, I think I can do anything I want to do. Ah, indeed. Jason, you are such a light and so positive. Really welcome. So welcome home, really. Thank you. What a beautiful, beautiful journey you are on. You're, you, I'm smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> you. you are such an inspiration, really, really. It's Thank a gorgeous, you. gorgeous thing that you are continuing to go through. And um, I would also say, like you left London, you were saying how you had to, you know, being inspired to kind of check yourself in your life and are you forgiving? And I hope that I know for me, I'm being, I'm, I'm listening up big time. You know, what can I do better also in my life? And yeah. thank you so much for sharing it with the listeners out there. And I, yeah. uh, it's, just, I and it's really, it's, it's such an inspiration. Um, really, you're it's amazing with your work. And I wish you all the best moving yeah, forward. Thank you. Yes, Jason. I have to ask you one, I know you got to get back to work, but I would just like to ask you one more question if possible. Uh huh. Um, what do you think, like, I'm always thinking about one of the best ways to help end mass incarceration is to create diversion uh, opportunities before folks even get to prison, you know? So, what do you, is there something that you would like to say to the youth right now that perhaps if, like, that young man, that young woman who's, like, living that gang life or perhaps, you know, uh, feels the lack of love, um, yeah. you know, just being, you know, in that type of situation, is what would you yeah. want to say to them? I would like to say to the guy, to the youth, young women and men, that you got to, God loves you first, you know, and I, and I, I didn't realize that, 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 that I was never walking this alone. You know, I always thought I was by myself. Nobody here for me. Nobody loves me. But somebody always did. And that was the higher, my higher power, which is God. I don't believe in a certain religion, but I do believe in the higher power. Now, the gang's life, I can tell you now, when you, when you catch time, when you, get, when, you, when you 
in prison for a life sentence, you're not going to have nobody there for you. None of your gang members. And if you do, you're lucky. Because I didn't have nobody there supporting me, giving me, sending me packages and coming to visit me while I was in prison doing a life sentence. It was like out of sight, out of mind. So and if that's something you want to live your life doing, hey, but if not, you want to you want to do better, find something that you like to do and put your all into it, whatever it is, sports, leading, writing, basketball, whatever you like to do, put your all into it and you can make it happen. You know, because people, what I learned is people trying to want to help people that are trying to help themselves. If you're not trying to help yourself, then nobody's trying to help you. Jason, I just want to come to this microphone and hug you. I know, right? <laughs> oh man! Yeah, super That's dope, brother. Beautiful. Just good luck yeah. to you. I'm, I'm just rooting for you, and I cannot wait to see what's in store for your future. I know it's just super bright, and so many folks can learn from you all story and be inspired. So, I hope that it comes to a time where. Um, if you guys get when, not if, when you guys get that book or whatever you guys do, I'm just looking forward yeah. to being a part of it. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stay, stay in touch with us for sure. We'll yeah, stay, stay sure. in touch with each other, all of us. Yep. We'll make sure to be uh, along with you and uh, yeah. share this with folks along the way. Mm-hmm. For sure. Thank you for letting me be a part of this uh your uh, podcast. Oh, you know. Thank you. Thank you, oh Jason. And you are on live radio. <laughs> Just uh-huh. Yes, you are. You're on live radio. That's right. Okay, live radio. <laughs> so you, yes, right. Oh. Yeah. Well, send us some feedback, people. Send us some feedback. You know, org. You know, and, and do you want people to get in touch with you, Jason? Yeah, if they, would, if they would like to. Yeah. Okay, uh, go ahead and let the listeners know. Uh, my, own, uh, my, my email is jasonsamuel805.org. Okay. My phone number is 510-407-1231. Okay, jasonsamuel805.org. Dot com, dot com. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but where, where is it at? Where is it at, Jason? Is it at Gmail? Gmail. Okay, cool beans. It's at Gmail. Okay. Yeah, Jason Samuel eight oh five. Gmail dot com. Got it. Perfect. Okay. Excellent, Jason. Yeah. Thank you. So much. Thank for you, sharing Jason. Your story. And share and being in the process. More importantly, I mean, not more importantly, but thank you for doing that amazing, amazing work. That yeah. deep, powerful work. Uh, no problem. I'm continuing to uh, grow. I'm only human. Don't make mistakes. <laughs> you know, That's right. continue to grow every day. That's the goal for seeing every day. And I'll be all right. That's right, Jason. We are rooting for you. We believe in you, brother. Yeah. We do. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, Thank talk you. to you later. All right, All right. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Jason, you could just hang up if you like. Okay. <laughs>
<laughs> wow. Wow. Right? <laughs> I mean, that is just, that's just love in action, people. That is how this is going to, how it's going to change. Love in action. I, I mean, love that. I mean, think about, like, all that's happening, all the noise, and to think what he was able to do with Tom and Christy. I mean, it, it's not, I mean, it does, you know, it takes the folks involved, right? Yeah. Like, what a beautiful, beautiful um, building and create, that's, that's a creation. Yeah, I just call that love in action. That's just what we need. I feel like that was beautiful, absolutely stunning. That I'm so glad you met him and invited him on. It, well, absolutely. I'm. I feel blessed. You know, that's how you know God works. And you know what? I just love when you hear someone else's story because the power of a testimony. You know, oftentimes we keep right? things to ourselves, but we don't realize that the one when you tell your story, it helps you to heal yourself. And it helps other folks as well, like being able to be in this space and engaging with folks and taking the time to, you know, because to get to hear someone's story takes conscience effort. You know, it takes time to sit down. It takes listening skills and to give that person that freedom, that space to tell their story. And what a beautiful space, because, again, hearing these stories oftentimes gives me an opportunity to self-check myself. It gives me the opportunity to be better. It gives me food for thought. It gives me correction, you know, because, you know, I'll be the first to admit, you know, know, something that happened, like, again, with I shared and so forth, I didn't take the time to, like, it just became a part of my life. It, it, It happened when I was 16. And so with our family, I think that we've just been res- responding to it, re- almost just reacting to the situation just like over the years, like just no type of growth in it, no type of insight, no type of, you know, anything. And, um, yeah, so I don't know how I really express it. Jason's story just really inspired me to look at this area of my life again. Well, you know, I, what I hear in that, and I think, like you said, I mean, that's really where the power is. It's about relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if we never get a chance to, to uplift the humanity in each other and see the humanity in each other, we can always be at odds. We can always find a way to be at odds with someone, right? And it took a, it, it, and it takes a group of people, right? It, to pay, it takes a support system. I mean, it, it took Tom, it took, it, Christy didn't come around yet, and then, but they had, but they had also people behind them, right? They, they were put in situations that nurtured the dialogue. It nurtured the storytelling. It nurtured a place where we can be affected by hearing someone's story, being in the heart space. That's why I call it love in action. Right. I mean, that and, and, you know, prison is just antithetical to that. Mm-hmm. And in so many ways, a lot of how we live is antithetical to that, right? All about this individualism and things like that. And we, it is about the storytelling. Can you imagine how, how much 
better we could all be when we hear each other's story. Everybody has a story. There's an African saying that God must have really loved stories because he made so many people. Right, right. And I just... Mm-hmm. And and we, I, I, you know, like uh, you know, Jason said. I mean, we do. We take it, you know, one day at a time. And you know, we and he wants to, you know, he's he's learning to forgive as well. But he also used that word respect. Like he, even with what had happened, there was he found that place within himself, right, where he he kept a, was able to amazingly enough in in that place, you too, um, you know, to find, to, to hold on to that place of respect. And that, isn't that what we want? I mean, think about, isn't that the world that we want where we can share our stories so we can come to that place of forgiveness and understanding? Absolutely, Nouveau. I just feel so, I'm just <laughs> so inspired right now. I know, me too. (laughs) I'm sending you a big hug too. Oh my God. I feel it. I feel it. Oh, yeah. So, listeners, I hope all y'all are feeling the same way too. I mean, I really hope this kind of thing is 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 inspiring you to um, to feel your story, Mm -hmm. to embrace stories that are being shared with us. Knowing that, again, um, Jason was out a, for a month and a half, mm-hmm. and he can't wait to tell this story, right? And, and so honest and raw. That's so, like, wow. I know, right? You know? Like, that and, takes courage, an a, a extreme right. amount of courage. It does. It does. And we should be inspired by that courage to then have the courage in ourselves to say, oh, if he's got the courage to be so honest with himself, can we have the, cur- the courage to embrace it and be open right on. to that space and know that there are thousands of people behind the bars still, like he said, that like he was talking to the youth, right? Mm-hmm. And let's hear that as well. Like, they need love back there because they're not getting it from, they're not necessarily going to get it from the folks that they were going towards, right? right? And when they're behind there, people need love. They need that understanding because they are whole, they're human beings with potential and all of this potential for forgiveness and love and understanding, just like Jason, just like you, just like any, any of us. Right. We all need that. Right. There are hundreds of those, and they're coming out as well. We want to welcome them home, and can we be in the space? Can we have the courage to embrace? Absolutely, Nuve. I hope so. Cheers to new beginnings. Cheers to just inspiration, yeah. and cheers to allowing you know yourself to grow. Cheers to those who allow themselves to be vulnerable, and yeah, so many just more cheers. Just. I just feel really great, great today. Just great show, New Bay. I just love always coming in here and being here with you. It's just so inspiring. And folks, please 
um, reach out to us. Allow us to uh, be better. You know, if, there, if you have some opinions, if you have some recommendations, whatever. We just want to hear from you. And also, please, uh, you know, I think that just about every folk that I, we have spoken to has um, either read the uh, prison-focused newsletter, the papers that they send inside the walls, or they have written things in there themselves. And so they need support. Exactly. This, you know, uh, this work, uh, it, it takes support. It takes financial support. And so if you could, just please reach out to them. You can go to their website and make a contribution, make a donation. Um, anything helps. Uh, and it's needed oh, to yeah. help keep the movement going. And we just greatly appreciate that. Yes, please. Yes, thank you for mentioning that because we do have a $25,000 matching grant that's happening until the end of the year. So please go to prisons.org and make a, a contribution or donation to that because it will be matched up to $25,000 by the end of the year if we can if we can raise that money. And but and and please go to the website and read the newsletter. Yes. Please. Um again, it's it because you will hear more of these brilliant, wonderful people telling their stories and sharing, um, sharing what's happening. And um, again, it's about uplifting their humanity because these are our community members behind there. And London, I also want to say, you talk about new beginnings. You have something happening. There's, uh, and I want, I want you to be able to mention it because we want to talk about it on the next radio show. Okay, yes. So in 30 seconds, because they're about to kick us off, is that... Um, yes. <laughs> so if anybody can go to my uh, Instagram, which is uh, uh, starting over with London. I'm sorry, starting with London. And you can find my channel, my YouTube channel, and that is starting over with London. And yes, please go and support. And it's just weekly motivation. It's me just sharing my journey of just living my best life now. You know, cheers to second beginnings. And I just believe uh, in sharing my story so I can help others, uh, motivate them, uh, hopefully to uh, chase their dreams and know that it's never too late for a new beginning. You are a beautiful powerful, amazingly positive woman. I'm so happy to know you. Folks, I watched it. It's awesome. Get to the YouTube channel. Starting over with London. (laughs) Cheers, New Bay. I'll see you soon. Okay, I will see you too. Thank you, listeners and everyone behind the walls. We love you. We love you. Live your best life. Every day gets a little bit longer Seemed like yesterday I was a little bit strong